Hello and welcome to the channel both feared and revered by man and beast, the Helios blog. Citizens of the underworld, this is your king speaking, so you'd better listen. Today, Jordan Peterson leaves woke journalists speechless. Let's hit it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. Jordan, you're touching on a lot of things right now, and there are some things that I can, that I have some arguments for, but I, I, I'd like to separate a few things and try to get a few things clearer from you. Um, and one of them is, uh, it sounds when I hear you talking that you would be in favor for a more, of a more uh, traditional gender role division. Is that true? Well, no, not necessarily, but I'm certainly in favor of a more traditional familial structure. Yeah, so here's the thing. Traditional gender roles, they're not bad. They they allow for the creation of proper family units, which is what we need in, in 2023 especially. When times are hard, you need family unit, right? When times are easy, you can do whatever you want. But the problem is that no families leads to big problems, which makes the family necessary. So you should have the family whether it's good times or bad. But anyway, let's continue. It's like, have some damn kids. Yep. What are you going to do with your life? You know, you've, you've so got what's, your... What's the difference between a more traditional familiar structure and a more traditional gender role division? Well, you know, perhaps we can set it up so that men have the opportunity to spend more time with their kids. You know, now exactly how we're going to do that isn't obvious because it seems to me that men are not well equipped to take care of infants under a year old. I don't, I don't see that they're, they're good at that at all. That's been my experience and my observation. And, Your own experience? Well, no, my observation as well. And, but men get better at it as the children get older and, and they're perfectly capable of establishing extremely tight relationships with their kids. Yeah, of course, this is doubtless. Kids, especially I think after, they, after they're old enough to start to engage in rough and tumble play, which starts to happen really after about nine months the men can really start to step in. In my view, I think that for the first year of life, of a child's life, the woman's role is to take care of the baby and the man's role is to take care of the woman and the baby and to step in and to, and to stop her from becoming exhausted and to make sure that things go smoothly. Right, so literally the traditional roles. It's like, the the man is the provider and the woman is the caretaker. I mean, what's wrong with that? I, I again, people people in 2023 talk about this like it's some evil, terrible thing. Like, but it's really it's really not. I, I again, I you guys explain in the in the chat why why this is bad. All right, shilling time. Hit the like, hit the sub, hit all for notifications. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Agent Automa, and Bobby. Shout out to you, most recent Patreon subscriber. Go buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios Books as well. Uh, what am I forgetting? All oh, right. Uh, my Patreon is patreon.com slash the Helios blog. And go share this video. If you want to support the podcast, click on the description link and scroll down to support the show. Cool. Shilling is done. Let's continue. And then the couple can negotiate the roles after that and make them as egalitarian as they want or can manage. 
And there's nothing wrong with having men deeply involved in their family structures. It's, it's to their benefit. Clearly, the most detrimental predictor of poor long-term outcome for children is fatherlessness. And if- yep. And in 2023, there are more single mother households than ever. So think about that for a second. Think about how many children are born without a father. And then think about how bad the outcomes of these children are. And then think about how that translates to a society that needs these men, these boys, to eventually become men run it. Think about that. Of course, that's something no one will talk about either because, well, every family's the same and it doesn't matter if you have a father. Well, it turns out to bloody well matter a lot because if you don't have a father, you're far more likely to become pregnant as a teenage girl. You hit puberty earlier. You're way more likely to be alcoholic. Your rates of mental illness go through the roof. And if you have sons, they're far more likely to be criminally incarcerated and drug addicted. And it's not a trivial effect. And so men are necessary in families, and the more time they spend with their children, proper time, the better. And so that's not exactly traditional, not suggesting that women stay home with the babies constantly and have 10 of them while the men go off to work like they did 40 years ago or, say, 60 years ago. There's more intelligent ways of organizing a family, but we should get our priorities straight and a birth rate of 1.2 or whatever it is that we have that characterizes the Western world at the moment is not. It's the sign of a very unhealthy society. Yes, indeed, because if families are only having one child, there is not enough. there are not enough children produced to, to maintain the society. You need at least two per family on average, which means that your demographics should have at least two point something as the average, right? Because, you know, accidents happen, right? Statistically speaking. So, one kid implies what? Well, it implies women are getting married too late. It implies the prices of things are super high. It implies that life is very difficult, right? And that people don't understand what it is they actually need to be doing. You need to be having children at a young age. You need to be married at a young age, especially if you're a woman, right? Because your fertility is not forever. And that's the thing. They don't explain this to you in school. They don't explain anything that they're supposed to. They don't explain to you that you as a woman, you have to make your major life decisions very quickly between the age of 18 and 28. If you're 28 years old and you're just starting to look for a husband, as Kevin Samuel says, You're too old for marriage at that point if you're just starting then. You should already be in the process of being vetted to be a wife at that point. All right, let's continue. It's the sign of a society that's lost the idea of the divinity of the virgin mother and the child. Yep. And it's not a good thing. So... And I, I don't I don't see any evidence that it's improved people's qualities of life. All of the demographic evidence suggests that women have become increasingly unhappy since the early 1960s. Yep. So, you know, across... Since the birth control pill, right? Since, you know, uh, free bedroom fun, free love, you know, but what actually happened is women were free to unchain their hypergamy. They all went and slept with child, became alpha widows, and then misery was had by all. 
So it's literally, as Jordan Peterson himself has said, it's like the atom bomb. It is a paradigm shift in terms of how people live their lives. And uh, it's not necessarily a good paradigm shift. Sectional studies continually conducted year after year show precisely that. And it could easily be because they've, you know, they're taking on more and more responsibility. You think, well, you have a career and it's fulfilling and all of that. But it's not just fulfilling. It's stressful and difficult. And yep. if you have a career and a family, yep. especially if you're a single mother, well, good luck to you, man. Yep. You're run off your feet nonstop and you're a target for every predatory male in the neighborhood. Yep. It's not a pleasant mode of existence and it's not one I would recommend for people even though there are many single mothers who do you know heroic work doing the best they can for their families but they're completely overwhelmed you can't work and have kids and be single how the hell yeah it's extremely difficult and actually there are statistics that they've done there are studies that they've done that show that actually single men make better single parents than single women. And I've heard Kevin Samuels say this as well, and it's an interesting idea. If it's a single mother and she keeps a boy past age seven, it's selfish. Because a boy doesn't learn from a mother how to be a man. So she should give him away to the, to the father. Interesting idea. How can you do that? There, it's two full-time jobs, right. at least. And that's only if you have one kid. So, and, and we don't know how to solve a lot of these problems because it turns out that having children is very expensive and farming them out to um, daycare doesn't make economic sense. You can, you can do the calculations on the back of an envelope and figure that out in about 15 minutes if you're vaguely arithmetically inclined and would actually like to know the facts. So, you know, you need a trained childcare worker. So that's maybe $45,000 a year. You have to double that for overhead. That includes the buildings and the rest of the structure, especially if the children are young. So that's $90,000 a year. Well, and then if you have young children, the most, the largest number of children that you can place with a caregiver is three, possibly four, but if they're young enough, let's say three, that's $30,000 a child. Well, that's post-tax money. Well, if you have two children, how many people make enough money to spend $60,000 a year having someone else take care of their children? And that, that problem isn't going to go away. You'd go Precisely. So what's, what, what is Jordan implying? Well, Jordan is implying that you as a man, if you want to be the, the sole breadwinner, right? You're going to need to make at least 60000 right? $60,000 a year. And, the, and the, the, the woman should stay home and take care of the children. Because most people can't pay to $60,000 a year for somebody else to take care of their children. So, there it is. You're going to hire un untrained workers to, to take care of the children? You're going to have substandard um, right. physical infrastructure to, 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 to provide them with? There's no one's figured that out economically. Well, the Scandinavians seem to have figured it out with cheap uh, childcare or even state-funded childcare and also a paternal leave that's divided. And what's their birth rate? Well, but why is that so important, the birth rate? Because it's, it's... Well, I don't know. What, what's, so, what's so important? I mean, that's part of the question. Well, what 
Why is birth rate important? Because if your birth rate is low, then it means your population doesn't have enough to sustain itself, which means you need to bring in immigrants to sustain your population. And what that means is that your dominant culture over time erodes. That's the point of the birth rate. That's the point. What's important? Well, children are important. And one isn't enough. Well, first of all, we don't even know if children can be raised on their own. I mean, how... We don't know. I was raised on my... Well, well, I mean, it happens. But, you know, the natural human environment is is for children to be surrounded by other children. And we have no idea how much socialization occurs as a consequence of having siblings. You know, you think, well, you're raised by your parents. It's like... No, not in a not in a standard human environment. Mostly you're raised by your siblings and your friends. And if you don't have any siblings, then, well, what does that do to you? Well, you don't know, and no one knows. But it makes you different than you would otherwise be. I, I would say one of the things that it's likely to do is to make you substantially more narcissistic than you would otherwise be. And that's obviously no slur on you. But Yeah, yeah. Because obviously if you don't, have another person to share anything with you're going to naturally think that it's all about you 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 right and and actually i didn't even think about this but jordan has just made the insight that because the birth rate is just one the that means the average number of kids in a home is one which means the average person is more narcissistic now than they used to be and actually we are seeing that with social media and so on Uh, But perhaps social media is not the thing. Perhaps they were already more narcissistic and social media simply exacerbates the problem. Interesting. But, you know, siblings keep each other in place. And they they teach you... They teach you how to interact under very competitive conditions with other people. And they play with you and they're role models for you. And, you know... We don't know if the, the, a structure of two parents and one child is stable or healthy. We know nothing about that. And, and my, my suspicions are that it's not, because children need other children. So Now, we do see that the Scandinavian countries, and I don't include Holland in that. People tend to include Holland. Yeah. But, uh, I don't think we are a Scandinavian country. That they, are, uh, they score highest on happiness, so they must do something right. Well, they're rich. But Indeed. There, are also, there are also other rich countries, but then... Yes, and most the of the rich countries score quite high on happiness. The Scandinavians do do particularly well. But the difference between them and the Canadians and the Americans and so forth isn't that great. I mean, they're, and, and they are actually quite staggeringly rich, especially... Yeah, well, what they say is money doesn't buy happiness. But there is a certain amount of money that buys, you know, satisfaction. Like, money has diminishing returns, Right. So after a certain point, money doesn't matter anymore. It, it, it's the same amount of happiness for everybody. Um, but there is a certain point where if you don't have enough money, then it's ca- causing you a lot of misery, right? So it makes sense that countries that make more money have people that tend to be happier because more people tend to make more money and therefore not struggle as much financially with what they can actually do and provide their children and their families and so on. So. There you go. The Norwegians, since they have all their oil money, and so there's multiple reasons why they're society. All right, let's continue here. 
sleep around. No, no, why what is I'm saying is like, I wonder why you have so much like hatred towards women. I don't, I don't hate Where women. Where does that root in? Yeah, because it's hateful to tell women not to sleep around. So bad. Such, such terrible advice. No, no, girls, go sleep around as much as you want. There'll be absolutely no consequence for your actions. Would you prefer to hear that? And it sounds I don't hate like women. you do. I am a woman. Do women have opportunity? Sorry, do women have equality of opportunity than broadly? Yes. Across Western society? Yes. Compared to what? C compared to not having equality of opportunity. Well, compared to 100 years ago, yes. Compared to 50 years ago, yes. Compared to most places in the world throughout history, yes. Compared to a hypothetical ideal, no. But would, I'm but not would that very, very Would hypothetical ideal be a, a good ideal or a bad ideal? Well, it depends on how you define equality. If you define it as equality of outcome, then it's a cat catastrophic ideal. Right. So equality of outcome is this. It's regardless of the effort or ability that I have, I want the same outcome as a person that is putting in less effort than me. And obviously, that is disastrously bad. And you don't want that. Obviously. And that goes without saying. See, this is something, too. We know that the left can go too far, and we know that the right can go too far. I mean, th th I would say that's the abject lesson of the 20th century. Both can go too far. And we kind of know when the right goes too far. We probably think the right goes too far, if you had to boil it down to one thing, when people start making claims of racial or ethnic superiority. That seems to be the marker. But we don't know when the left goes too far. And the left, to be frank about it, isn't very careful about differentiating itself into those who are pursuing a reasonable progressive agenda and those who have seriously gone too far. So when has the left gone too far? Well, when you can't speak out against um, ideas that are destructive to the entire community, that's when it's gone too far. When you can't say stuff like, don't sleep around, or else you'll lose your job. That's when you've gone too far. When you can't tell girls, get married before your fertility uh, runs out, th then you, it's gone too far. When you're just giving regular advice that's actually useful and helpful, and it can't be given because, you know, you quote-unquote can't say that. Yeah. When you can't even talk to a girl at the workplace because if she's not attracted to you, she can get you fired. That's when it's gone too far. And I would say that when people push an equality of outcome agenda, they've gone too far. Even though it's not as blatantly horrifying, let's say, as claims of ethnic or racial superiority, the consequences of playing that idea out in the world are seriously not yep, good. There, right. there may be lots of things that are wrong, both on the left and on the right, that don't involve the right being overtly racist and the left wanting absolute equality of outcome. It's a space, surely, in the middle that matters. And that's why I suppose people feel that sometimes your argument is almost sort of, it's driving towards picking the fight rather than liberalism would, I suppose, encourage you I to, see, to take no. the best and we can have the argument about what's the best and what's the worst of everything that's in between. No, I, think, there's, that? I think that the, the left poses a far greater danger than, than your analysis suggests. I Indeed. And that's because anybody who, who knows anything about history understands that communism is the logical extension of this idea. And communist countries traditionally do not have very good outcomes. And there's a reason why. It's because 
uh, as as the Russians said. Um, yeah, you pretend to pay us and we pretend to work. That's that's the idea, and obviously that's terrible. Certainly see this in the universities, um, and the. The drum is being beat very, very hard, yep. perhaps not so much here, but in North America for equality of opportunity or equality of outcome under the rubric of equity. Yep. And equity is essentially a doctrine that fosters the notion that equality of outcome is not only desirable, but should be pursued as yep. An, yep. Uh, an object or as an explicit aspect of public policy. The, the idea being that if the, there aren't there isn't equivalent representation of all possible groups at all possible levels of all possible hierarchies that that indicates a tyrannical prejudice that needs... Right, but here's the problem. The problem is that, for example, women are not seeking to be half represented in every field. They're only seeking to be half represented in all of the superior fields. So, all doctors, lawyers, engineers, teachers... Uh, programmers, etc. All of the upper middle class or higher, CEOs, blah, blah, blah. But no mention anywhere of ditch diggers, you know, um, and, and so on. Uh, sanitation workers, and etc. No mention anywhere of having equality of uh, outcome there. So the point is, they don't want equity. What they want is preferential treatment. They want to be effectively raised to a higher class because that's what would happen if they were half of all the good fields, you know, good high-paying jobs, but not half of the lower ones. ...needs to be rooted out, and that's having an absolutely pernicious effect on, on institutions, especially educational institutions in North America. That's not a, it's an increasingly widespread view, and I think it poses far more danger than, yep. is, is than it, you think. Is it possible that views become more attractive when something is dissatisfied and when aspirations have not been met? Which that's absolutely true. Yeah, that's, that's certainly true. And after, you know, a certain thing that I can't mention because I'll get demonetized, after a certain thing that happened, you know, a few years ago, um, more and more people are dissatisfied. And why? Well, because the dream that they've been sold is a lie. And why is the dream they've been sold a lie? Well, it's a lie because working hard, uh, you know, as a nine-to-five worker is not enough anymore, even if you have a good job. No, now it needs to be hustle culture, side hustles, and, and so on. Anyway, let's continue. Which are reasonable aspirations to have, and you can then say that the answers are wrong or that they oh distort. sometimes. But so I was trying to say, if this is such a popular view, to cite your example on campuses in North America, mm -hmm. it may be that there is something out there that existing society has not satisfied. What hasn't satisfied the ever-present human tendency towards envy and resentment? That's for sure. So that's all that's driving it. Not all, but it's a tremendous yep. amount of what's driving yep. it. And a lack, of, an absolute lack of gratitude for what we've managed to accomplish and what we have in front of us. The idea of the gender pay gap is, it's, it's, uh, it's so poorly formulated that it's almost staggering to me that people can even conceptualize it in this manner. Yep, yep. So uh, we know that the gender pay gap doesn't exist. It's a choice gap. So um, if you normalize everything, if you equal out everything, so same job, same experience, same field, same... Um, 
you know, same position, then women are paid equal. But men tend to work more overtime, men tend to work jobs that are more dangerous, which pay higher, men tend to devote their lives to their career more, men tend to get, um, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And if you look at all the choices that men make versus women, you'll, uh, oh, women take more sick days and so on. What you'll find is that men actually work harder than women and that's why they're paid more. It's not because they're men. Well, in, it is because they're men in the sense that they, they work harder, right? Because men in general, um, they're, they have the burden of performance, whereas women don't. So men work harder for, for resource generation. But it's not because there's some, you know, thing against women that, that needs to be corrected. No, female nature is what it is and it has its positives. But one of the negatives is that they don't work hard, as hard as men for resource generation. Not that they should want to, but in 2023, they've been brainwashed to. So there it is. Manner. It's not a univariate problem. It's a multivariate problem. Men and women don't yes. make so the same amount of money. So we can break it down money. and then we can yeah, go we, through no, the No, not only could we, we have to. And, and we can't assume that just because in all situations, women don't make as much money as men, although there are some situations in which the reverse is true, by the way, that the reason for that is prejudice yeah, exactly. and oppression. There's many reasons right, for it. Exactly. One of them is that men are much more likely to take dangerous occupations. Yep, yep. How far gender is socially constructed. Well, it, it, okay, so first, the first thing to do is to figure out what the parameters are when you talk about something like gender. So the parameters are, say, parameters of temperament. We know that they differ between men and women, and they differ cross-culturally. But more importantly, this is the crucial distinction. Well, well, well we don't know, because, I mean, I'm just looking at... The- you do know a piece of recent research on the brain which concludes there are not two types of brain and there are there are other researchers who wrote who did the research it's the new scientist scans prove there's no such thing as the male or female brain just so you know. uh well i mean maybe on the surface they don't look the same uh sorry maybe on the surface they look the same but that doesn't mean they are the same in in their connection or in the way they fire or so on so i i disagree with this all right let's end the video there Hit the like, hit the sub, hit all for notifications. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, Tom, and Bobby. Shout out to you, most recent Patreon subscriber. Thank you. Go buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios Books. Shout outs to uh, Curry Kid, most recent purchase of Strategist Guide to Seduction. Thank you. My Patreon is patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Support me on the podcast by clicking uh, the description link and go to uh, support the show. And share this video. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you listen to the end. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time.